there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight of the Daily Mission. We are pleased to have... In studio, our first in studio guest, Nate, uh, fitness and gym expert, an absolute beast, a fridge we like to call it in that world. Uh, Evan Holmes, Evan, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely, buddy. Uh, you know we've been looking forward to this, and I know with the with the new year right around the corner, uh, a lot of people are looking to start and uh, you know new fit, fitness regimens or, or kind of uh, you know reallocate some of their uh some of their their fitness um knowledge and and uh goals so uh so we're happy to have you on but uh but evan just tell us a little bit about what fueled your, fueled your passion uh in the fitness world and what got you in, in involved in uh in the gym wow uh so i've been working out for probably i would say consistently for between seven and eight years now um and what got me into it has things have definitely changed as far as like my journey if you will um, in terms of like my motivators, I would say when I first started training, um, just about, I was like almost turning 15. So I was 14 finishing up grade nine. And I guess like, I was just the biggest little weenie you'd ever seen. Like, <laughs> just like a, I was a geek. And, uh, I remember I was, that was like toward the end of my hockey career. We'll, we'll call it that. <laughs> oh yeah. And, uh, I just remember like I, I had grown like a little bit taller. So my frame was like a little bit larger than I wasn't like a big guy by any means, but I was like maybe above average. And I was still just getting bodied in the corners. And I remember my dad being like, you got to start fucking working out because you are getting your bell wrong like every game. So how tall were you at this point? Oh, man. Like, I don't know. So like six feet and you're still no, going to be no. around or shorter? A little bit short, like 5'10", 5'11". But for a 14-year-old kid, like I was probably like we had probably an like an undersized team, you know, as the teams from the Valley I'll pretty much always are. Yeah. And they're like, you know, Holmesy, like you're going up against, you know, you gotta, you gotta take this guy, like that's your man when you're in the zone or whatever. And I'm like, that guy's fucking twice the size of me, but like I was our biggest guy, so yeah, for sure. I'd so. be getting even if I had like a full head steam going into the corner, I just get stood up hard. And I remember my dad being like, you need to start training if you want to be like, because listen, Ev, you're 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 not a superstar, so we got to work <laughs> on the areas that you can work on. I was like, all right. And then I, it was that just kind of combined with like I was tired of being just like such a little geek, and then. uh I guess I just started, I hit the gym, like, it was, like, literally the summer between grade 9 and 10, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but I just went to the gym Monday through Friday, and just trained pretty much the big movements that I knew to train, and then I just really fell in love with it over that summer, because, um, you know, when you go from pretty much 0 to 100 like that, like, I did see some, I did see some gains, and then over the years, like, I just, it kind of became part of my identity, and then, you know, different motivators, like, obviously, like, you know, you want to look good for the girls. That's been a consistent motivator throughout. <laughs> and then as things started to take off, I was just like, it just kind of became like uh, just a given, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And now it's not something that I, that I even think about anymore. Part of your routine. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So when you first started out, did you, was food a big part of it or did you kind of not really pay attention to it and just kind of lift and eat whatever? Or were you kind of focused on food from the beginning too? 
like I I knew enough that um, food was a part of it, mm-hmm. um, and I was a skinny kid too. Like even before I met you, um, like before I met you, I put on some some some, some substantial size for my frame, um, and I was by no means a beast when I met you. Um, or now <laughs> I can say for, different. Well, <laughs> but uh, I remember like. You know, just like, okay, I need to eat a lot of protein. And I was yeah. small, so I didn't really, I didn't measure anything. I just, like, eat a lot all the time. And I, you know, my dad had, like, this shitty six-star protein from, like, you know, Walmart or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be mixing that. And it was clumpy as fuck. But that was, you know, I figured I'm big league now. I'm working out at the gym, so I need protein shakes. And But, like, most of the time it was just, like, you know, fucking tuna and pasta. Just random shit that my dad and my parents would let me get away with eating. Because it got to the point where they are like, listen, kid, like... You're eating instead of house at home. We're not doing this. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> if you want to get a job and buy some stuff. Yeah. Sure. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to do that yet. So, but yeah, food for, for the beginning was more so just like carbs and protein. I just prioritized, didn't yeah. know anything about other than those two things. Like just eat a lot. And I was a skinny kid. So I kind of knew I'm going to have to eat if I wanted to see results. Absolutely. Um, so Evan, you were a varsity athlete. Um, and I think currently still are technically, technically. technically still um, are. but how much has your regimen changed from, you know, your sessions, uh, in, you know, in the football world, say at, at, uh, U of Ottawa and Acadia, I know at Acadia with Elliot Richardson. Um, but how have your workouts changed from your football training to, to now? Um, I would say that I'm just trying to say, I'm trying to figure out how to kind of touch on this without getting too deep in each part. So originally like what actually got me into playing football, um, was just the fact that I had put on some, you know, douche size, we'll say like, I was benching and doing curls in grade nine and 10. So then I started playing football in grade 10 and sucked. Yep. Like didn't touch the field at all in grade 10. And, uh, but I was just like the boy, like a couple of my buddies that had been playing football. Were like, yeah, you should play like, you're, you know, you're above average size guy or whatever. Um, and then as I moved into, you know, more specific, like football specific training, it actually wasn't that different from just kind of your general, like I wouldn't call it bodybuilding cause you don't do a ton of isolation work, but it, it wasn't that different from just kind of like going in and working on like the compound movements that I had kind of already been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, just recently, um, my training while I was at Ottawa was weird just for a couple of different variables. We didn't have a lot of buy-in with our strength coach. Um, and he took kind of like a little bit of a, of a, an alternative route or approach, I should say. Um, I've always been a fan of Elliot's training. Elliot hits the nail on the head. Like, really good like uh, balance between you know the stuff that guys like to do and the stuff that he thinks you should be doing and um but just recently uh this year in particular as i kind of decided like all right i'm gonna really make a run at this fitness thing um you know with quarantine and just kind of being stuck at my dad's place and him him having the home gym um and then not having a football season this year i've just said like football training you know i'm finishing my last year of school now and i'm gonna graduate this year fingers crossed and uh I don't know about next year and obviously that even if I do come back next year to play for my last year of eligibility um that's so far away right so I my my training has drastically shifted recently to more of a basically just get as strong as possible and aesthetic as possible while while putting on size so yeah I would say like recently it's it's changed a lot um and it's less applicable to athletics but overall athletic training for football has been relatively similar to uh to kind of how I started and the general principles I was focused on from the beginning. Okay. Um, how do you structure your workouts? Like say each day, do you have a set thing you do every Monday, Tuesday? Do you have a set thing you stick with or do you kind of go with the flow? Well, so I've just recently uh, started training um, with a coach. 
And uh, so before it was before I was like experimenting with a lot of different splits, um, I knew enough to make my own splits and kind of incorporate stuff that I wanted to do at the frequencies that I wanted to do them at. Um, and that usually looked less like a, you know, Monday is a, this type of day and Tuesdays are this type of day and looked more like, chest day. yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I had the hardest thing with Mondays. Cause I, every time I try to do chest, everybody obviously international. So I would just <laughs> stop it. I'm the only one in the gym doing legs. Everybody's in there going hard on the chest. And I'm like, well, I can't do it cause I can't get the bench. Yeah. Like there's a lineup for it. So exactly. So, and I was never a fan. Like that's how I used to, that's how I started training, but I was never really a fan of just like spending a whole hour and a half on like one body part. And after right. I learned a little bit more, like that's not really super efficient mm-hmm. um but now that i've been training with a coach who you know is just an absolute genius and i'm not i don't even pretend to like th- think i know better i just do exactly what he says so lately it's looked like yes but there are um not specific body parts but like monday is uh like squat and or squat patterns and like an upper press so it does follow a, a like a, a plan based on the day now okay but before it was more just like a day one day two day three day four and then you know, if it wasn't a seven day split, then, and it didn't match the week perfectly, then Tuesday could be, you know, a number of different workouts depending on when that cycle was, when it hit. Right. So just kind of flipping into nutrition, uh, Evan, in terms of, uh, your pre-workout meal versus your post-workout meal, how do you structure those and, and what do those look like? Uh, and what would you recommend, you know, taking on for your intake with, in terms of food pre and post-workout? So that's definitely the area that, um, in terms of like meal timing and even for just like an average gym goer with uh, you know, the typical goals of just like wanting to look better and that kind of stuff. Um, that is, those are the two meals that I would say are like the most important. And, uh, those are the two meals that you kind of have the most freedom with. So when you're training, um, when you do resistance training and even when you're just doing any, any kind of real training where your heart rate's up and you're using your muscles and whatnot, your muscles become more insulin sensitive. Um, and basically just what that means is like your body's going to funnel nutrients to your muscles as opposed to fat. Um, to oversimplify it and so for me my post and pre-workout meals are very very similar um in fact they're exactly the same and it's uh a, sh- a shitload of carbs uh like simple carbs so and something that's bioavailable and by that i mean just like easily absorbed by the body so that's usually white rice for me and i just load the shit out of it first or before and after and then like a lean protein just so that you know you're getting um you have that kind of protein which isn't being slowed down by fat because fat fat uh, digests a little bit slower than uh, lean protein and carbs do. So I try to stay away from fat just on those two uh, those two meals in particular, just because at that point, like you want to make sure there's nothing inhibiting your body's absorption of the stuff that it really wants at that time. So basically, like a lot of carbs. Um, that's where I ingest the most carbs that, uh, throughout the day is pre and post workout and intra workout through a through a supplement, and then um, lean protein. While we're on nutrition talk, um, I got to ask you on your Instagram, I see a lot of videos of you. You'll eat. It seems to be your go-to is boiled chicken. (laughs) And I got to ask you, what the fuck is up with the boiled chicken? Is that, is it better for you or is it just a convenience thing? Uh, so it's kind of a little bit of both, but like, you know, now we're getting really nuanced. So the boiled chicken thing, I don't, I'm super fucking lazy in the kitchen. Okay. So like. People assume, like, if you're, like, a big fitness guy, like, oh, you know, that's the opposite of being lazy, right? Because you go to the gym and stuff all the time. But, like, I love training. So, to me, it's not, like, it's not a thing I have to force myself to do. Uh, The food thing is a different story. Like, I fucking hate cooking, you know. When you're eating five meals a day, if you were to cook every meal to make it taste good, that's, like, two hours out of your day, right? So, I'm just not doing that. Um, 
so with the chicken thing, you know, my mom used to make chicken and she would steam it uh, or whatever. So, cause I would say sometimes she'd saute it, but my mom's, my mom's no chef. So it would be mostly <laughs> steamed with about nothing on it. And, uh, so I like, you know, when I learned how to cook, you know, I move out and mom's like, yeah, you know, you just put it in a pan with a little bit of water and put the lid on it and then you're good to go. And I was like, okay. And then it just kind of gradually, like, I don't know if it was in an, <laughs> I don't know if it was in an effort to make it more tender or what, but I just started add more and more water to the point where now it's just bol- it's a fucking pan of water with a bunch of chicken breast in it and then i just fucking whip that bitch on medium and sit, leave it for 25 minutes i don't have to yeah. worry about it at all uh, that's what sure. i was thinking because it's definitely easier i was thinking before because i was like well that's got to be more difficult than cooking it but if you think about it all you gotta do is fill the pan up oh my the god pot yeah. up and then you don't even have to flip it no you just let fuck it roll no. i don't set a timer on my phone and go do something else for 25 minutes and then the, the boiling thing as opposed to like sauteing it for example is just like I try to keep uh, my fats pretty low. Yeah. Um, not that you need to. And by low, I just mean like, you know, I hit my, my quota for the day so that like I have optimal hormone function or whatever. Uh, but I don't like adding unnecessary, like basically every calorie that I ingest, I want it to be like productive. Um, and, you know, if I'm going to have a bunch of like hard to measure fats from something like I oiled the pan or whatever, um, then I just prefer to water. I don't have to fucking worry about it. You know what I mean? And then I just put some low sugar ketchup on it and that's, I'm fucking set. Cause that's the other thing too, is I don't give a fuck what my food tastes like. I don't give a shit. Like I just want it. I would way rather be fucking jacked as shit and never <laughs> eat a meal that like tastes fantastic. than like enjoy, uh, you know, a fucking chef's caliber meal on people say that all the time. Oh, live a little. I'm like, fuck off. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't mind eating like a dog every day. Like exactly. doesn't bug thing, me. If that's what you like. Then why would you? And if you're reaping the benefits from it, you yeah. know, why, yeah. you know, why should it matter? I mean, um, different strokes for different folks. Like I get sure. that, but yeah. Um, so Evan, I know a lot of our listeners probably enjoy the odd cocktail or maybe, you know, five to 10 cocktails or, you know, potentially you more sure. Four yeah. cocktails. <laughs> I get a little crazy. Um, so how should people manage that? And, and do you think there is an approach to partying without taking away from your gains? Um, so to an extent, there will be a little bit taken away from it. You know what I mean? Like, obviously you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Um, but it's not like a mutual exclusive thing. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. for only recently did I decide like, I'm just done drinking, Mm -hmm. um, all through the years that I was legal to drink, uh, (laughs) and pre (laughs) (laughs) legal, legal, 19. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Um, all through those years when I was like, obviously still really love training and wanted to put on side and stuff like that. But I love to go out and party with the, with the fellas and whatnot. So, you know, I was women. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, uh, and I would try to find that like middle ground. Right. So, I mean, to the point where I would even go right from the gym. Like I remember like, uh, this one time bitch was having a big party at his cottage and I was like still training at Acadia with at like fucking eight 30. I hadn't even left Wolf Hill. And I was like going right from the fucking, and I was like, I brought like, I don't know if it was BCAAs or some shit and a quart of vodka. And I was like, this is what I'm drinking in my post-workout. Like, that's not how you should do it. I'm just (laughs) saying. But uh, there's definitely a balance. And um, you don't have to do, you don't have to be as fucking neurotic as I am and just like decide, no, I'm done. You know? Um, Simply put, I would say, uh, if you're, I would say most of the time, like alcohol is going to inhibit your recovery. So performance wise, there's going to be a little bit of detriment there. But obviously like, you know, if you go out and drink on a Saturday night, like it's not going to be, the, the residual effects not going to last that long mm. um so as far as that concerned like you are just going to kind of have to uh, just wear it like if you're going to drink then you know you can't expect to feel amazing come monday morning or whenever you decide to train next let alone sunday right yeah 
Um, but then as far as like how it's going to affect your body composition, um, there are a couple things that you can do to basically mitigate the damage. You know what I mean? Like everyone wants to fucking party, but a lot of people also enjoy not having a beer gut. So they mm-hmm. want to fucking, you know, have the middle ground. So with that being said, alcohol does have caloric content. Um, I think it's like seven calories per gram. And I mean, no one ever measures their alcohol in grams, obviously. So it usually works out to, I ballpark it to like, I think a shot. Um, actually, this is probably a better way to put it. So like a vodka soda, that's like 5% is usually like 90 cows, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know what the white claws are around there. hundred. Okay, perfect. There we go. Nate knows. <laughs> Drink a couple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, so then that's definitely the way to go in terms of, uh, drinking, like what you're actually drinking is, uh, you know, something that's basically just alcohol. Um, so you you know, have like hard alcohol that is mixed with something like, you know, diet mix or something like that. Right. So that the only calories that you're really ingesting are from the alcohol. Right. Um, but yeah, you have to account for, or you should account for at least some of uh, the calories that you're going to be ingesting as alcohol. Right. So if you're going to go out and drink a 12 or of white claws or something like that, and that's going to be 1200 calories. And if your maintenance is like 2,800 calories or that's, and your maintenance is your caloric intake for the day that your body requires to maintain its weight. So if your maintenance is like 2,800 calories and you're like, well, I'm, you know, definitely going to be putting back 1,200 cals of booze tonight. Well, then you can't operate through the rest of the day like you normally would as like you have 2,800 calories worth of room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely account for the calories. And then the other big thing is that your body burns off um, alcohol before it burns off anything else, before it metabolizes anything else is a better way to put it. Um, some people refer to alcohol actually as the fourth macronutrient. So that would be in addition to protein, carbs, and fat. And... Um, so what you want to do is knowing that. So basically, um, protein is pretty much always going to go to muscle. Um, that's kind of up in the air, but I've seen some recent studies that even in a significant surplus, protein goes to muscle. So for lack of a better term, protein's muscle. You don't have to worry about it. Um, carbs, if your body doesn't burn carbs off as energy, they're going to be stored as glycogen. And then if they're not stored as glycogen because maybe your glycogen stores are full or whatever, then carbs get stored as fat. And then fats are either burned off in as energy just because of their caloric content or they're stored as fat. Like you don't have, to my knowledge, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I know for sure, but um, this is based on like what I've read. To my knowledge, fat is like you're either burning it or it's getting stored as fat. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And um, it's obviously not that simple in terms of like your overall caloric content for the day being probably very important. Um, but obviously with that being said, when you're drinking fats, the worst thing you can eat because like your body's going to burn off the alcohol first. The fat's just kind of sitting there and it's going to get stored, which sucks. Cause obviously when you're finishing up at the bar and you're like, fuck, like I could have a fucking full pizza to myself right now. And everyone goes and rips a pizza. That's like probably fucking 3000 calories in itself. That's the worst thing you can do. Um, but again, if you account for it in your daily calories, AKA at that point, you're probably fucking starving yourself all day. Well, then it's not going to turn into fat, but, um, and then the same thing kind of goes for carbs. I try to limit carb intake around when I go out or when I used to go out. So if you want to be as fucking neurotic about it as I am, basically what that looks like is any amount of carbon fat intake that I have is going to be in the morning of the day I go out. Um, and then for the rest of the day, I'm basically just eating protein and vegetables because you want to hit your protein for the day. And then if I go out um, and decide I want to eat something, then I'll come home and have a boiled chicken breast with some spinach because there's pretty much no caloric value to spinach and like a protein shake. And that's it. So it's not your ideal, like, fucking post-bar food. But that's what you can do if you're, like, really serious about wanting to find that fine line. I I was going to ask, on a caloric deficit, I'm very good at reading. (laughs) Um, 
They're big words. So, for instance, Careful. say I went out tonight, for instance. Okay. Might God not forbid. Be, might be. Sure. Uh, say I drink 12 White Claws, 1,200 calories. Then after I haven't eaten anything all day, I decide to pound out, I don't know, 1,000 calories worth of McDonald's. Yeah. So I'm sitting at 2,200. Yeah. So that's perfectly fine. I mean, it's not ideal for, like, obviously, if you didn't eat anything all day. Right. Um, it's not ideal for retaining muscle mass, for example. Um, but yeah, like you can literally, in terms of losing weight, mm-hmm. you can, if your maintenance calories are 2,800 yeah. and you ate 2,400 calories of alcohol and shit and McDonald's, you'll actually, you'll still lose weight. Yeah. It's probably not going to look amazing when you're done. <laughs> I imagine not. <laughs> you might look like a fucking just smaller skinny fat milk bag, <laughs> but like you're still going to lose weight. That's just, that's just thermodynamics. Yep. For sure. Um, yeah, so Evan, I guess in terms of we'll stick on that caloric deficit. So you're talking about uh, the 2,800 calorie, like the what do you call that for for ma- maintenance calorie? Yeah, your maintenance calorie intake. So how would you? What's the best way to calculate that? And um, I guess you know calculating your caloric deficit. Caloric. <laughs> you got deficit. a sweating over there, Craig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of big words here. Um, you know, how would you go? How would you approach that? And, and how did you? Uh, yeah, like get how, that information. How do you? how do you know? So. You can start off. Basically, I've been answering this this question on TikTok. If I had a fucking dollar for every time I answer this on TikTok, I could. Do you ever just send them back to the video that you did of it, dude? I mean, you can't because TikTok's interface like is so True. not user friendly. Yeah. But like half the time, people are like, "Yo, uh, specific to me, like, how do I do this?" I'm like, "Man, I've posted like am, eight videos about this. Yeah. Like, and just also, am I? Is this a Q and A?" Like, yeah, I can't really yeah, just yeah. focus the whole video. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna put in three hours worth of research and work for you. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I'll just write it back to you in a comment. 150 yeah. character yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Great. It's fuck. Like, oh man. Sometimes I get comments too. They're just like people being like, I, "This is my height. This is my weight. This is my experience training. Here's my like lineage and ethnicity. What do you, what do you think? Like, I need to do if I want. Like, should I cut her bulk first? I'm like, bro. Yeah. What? Like, how the fuck am I? Like, like send me a photo. We'll talk. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. Free coaching. Sure. Here's my Venmo. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing, yeah. right? I'm like, yeah. I mean, I want to help, but I can't do just do this for free and yeah. like spend that much time. Exactly. Um, but yeah. So maintenance calorie intake is, is you start off with an educated guess. Um, and that's like I've seen some people say like a very broad one is multiply uh, your current weight in pounds in the morning, like uh, you know your morning weight when you haven't eaten anything or whatever, uh, by fourteen. And then that is your number of calories. So I don't know what that math is in the top of my head, but if you're 200 pounds and then you multiply that by 14, what's that? 2000 and then 2,800 or roughly around there. I usually look to Greg for math stuff. So mm-hmm. Greg, 14 times 200. <laughs> <laughs> now you're on the hot seat. 2,800. Eh? Yeah. 2,800. 20, okay. So there you go. You start off with that. Another way you can do it is just like, there's a lot of online calculators and, um, you know, you put in like your height and weight and your activity level and stuff. But in my experience, like those aren't very accurate. Um, like, I mean, I'm six foot two, two twenty five, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll get some. Sometimes I'll put it in like I'm pretty active. You know what I mean? Like, so I would pick like athlete active. Like that's like the most active one or whatever. And they're like, all right, your maintenance cal is forty two hundred. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> that's just insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you use one of these calculators and. To be honest, the, the your body weight times fourteen seems to be pretty helpful in terms of finding like a pretty standard. And then but that's like that's just a start. The only way to absolutely understand like where your or identify what your maintenance calorie is is get an educated guess and it sucks, but track your fucking cows, make sure you're hitting your cows, and then monitor what happens. 
So, I mean, like you do that for two to three weeks if you're at, you know, 2,800 cals and I'm not really gaining weight, I'm not really losing weight. I look kind of the same. Well, then you're probably at maintenance. You know what I mean? Um, but if you're like, yeah, I'm just eyeballing all my food and 2,800 seems to work. And then four months later, you're like, fuck, like, what I look happened? like shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably because you're, you know, you need to be a little bit more like meticulous about it, right? Yeah. So, those but yeah, twelve that's... white claws didn't help either, pal. <laughs> yeah, that you didn't count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Then the pizza that you don't remember eating. Yeah, either. yeah. <laughs> that still went in, man. Exactly. <laughs> so, Evan, let's let's like kind of move into the the gym scene. Uh, is there some things that you see uh, some individuals doing that are just like, what in the hell are you doing? Type moves. Like, what what are some of the common things you see in the gym? Uh, that are like, man, that's doing absolutely nothing for you, or that you're like, there's a, there's much better ways to approach that. Uh, I wouldn't call it. Well, it depends because there's two areas, right? Like, there's lots of things that are like people do commonly that like aren't as great as maybe alternatives, and then there's some shit that I see that I don't see ever other than that person or like at that given time that are just beyond. Like, if you ever seen like the Instagram account Jim Fuckery, okay, that's just people doing absurd shit, like hanging from a handle upside down in like a spider-man pose off like the cable machine just like yeah, what's that doing like i don't know so it's not like quite as bad as just filming somebody in the gym and just kind of for the sake to make fun of them but it's they're just doing stuff that's so ridiculous that like hanging like spider well that yeah so that would be something you'd see on gym fuckery and just yeah. be like this person maybe just has a different schedule i don't know like they're yeah. not in here to get strong they're in here to they might be trying out to become superman well exactly right they, they got an audition coming up yeah. but uh stunt man for superman yeah exactly yeah, like so you all, dude what the hell are you doing it's like nah this is look at my reel yeah it's like, yeah. It's like okay, he's what? batman yeah it's exactly. like, okay, sorry sir so okay very specific i get yeah. it you know yeah. it's fair you keep doing your thing so let me know when you're done i just wanted to use that yeah. that's right. but uh i mean man there's even like, I've seen people at the Acadia gym, for example. There's this woman who will, she always wears, like, denim on denim, like, jeans. And she, Canadian tux. Yeah, Canadian tux. <laughs> and a visor. She loves a visor. Oh, oh yeah, we're getting better. If she listens to this, she's going to be like, wow! <laughs> yeah, sh- shout out, right? Yeah. yeah. Try and set her for sure. And um, she will do, so, like, in the Acadia gym, and, like, gyms in particular, sometimes, like, good lives and stuff like that, like, they have rules or whatever, right? To prevent people from being like dicks. So, like, if you're, you know, the classic gym bro that walks in there and just gets chalk everywhere and you're yelling and screaming, like, you know, it's like, all right, we got to put rules in place to keep these people from from ruining everybody else. But then you have the people that come in and do things that are just, excuse me, beyond fucked, but they're harmless. You know what I mean? So, they're like, they kind of get away with it sometimes. And this woman I'm talking about, she'll go into the gym and she is in bare feet. Like, she wears her shoes, but then she, like, takes them off or something. And then she'll do, like, a handstand against... um Basically like a, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but basically, she'll do a handstand against one of these machines and then just wave her feet in the air like this. And like, I'm not fucking with you. Like, I'll see that and I'm just like sick. So I can't use chalk and because I'm trying to like hit a heavy deadlift or whatever, but you can fucking wave your smelly feet around in the air and no one's going to say anything to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, how the fuck? For sure. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if that's what you're talking about. If you're talking more about like things that people kind of do that they think are being productive, but they're, they're not quite hitting the mark there. Um, well, on that note, what are some maybe some exercises you see people do a lot of that maybe aren't as beneficial as what they think they are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some of those? Uh, I mean, the thing is, like, unless you know exactly what someone's goals are, like, most exercises do have a place. Um, yeah. Like, even, like, everyone rips on the, the guys that, like, and the girls that, like, quarter squat. You know what I mean? They're not dropping all the way down. But, like, that's entirely dependent, like, um, you know, for sprinters, like, quarter squats 
I don't know how it translates because it's that's outside my jurisdiction, but like that's a, an applicable exercise for them. You know what I mean? Um, I used to play football with this absolute freak at Ottawa, and he would like he would do like these like box squats off a box that was like super tall, so he would barely even get into like a ton of knee flexion, and um, he would do like seven hundred pounds. And I'm just like, man, what are you doing? Like, and he's like, he was like six foot four and ran like a four six forty. Like, whatever he was doing was fucking working. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, man, if your knees get past parallel on the field, he's like, you're out of the play. So why are you practicing being like strong from that position? And I'm like, okay, kind of fair. Yep. And again, the guy was a fucking like first team all star. I was yeah. like. Maybe I should start doing those. Yeah. I don't know. You go in there, you see him waving his feet in the air. You're like, all right, do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. You start waving your feet in the air, then all right, all bets are off. Like, I'm jumping in. But uh, no, seriously, I would say most exercises do have a place. Um, but in general, like a lot of people will make the mistake of just kind of replicating, um, you know, somebody that they see on Instagram doing something that like is conducive to their goals, but not conducive to what the person watching the video's goals are. Mm-hmm. So like, I'll see some guys go in and they're like they're trying to get i mean i'm trying to think of an example here like um well i mean this is like not even really a great example but it kind of helps so a lot of people are like hey i want big legs i'm gonna do squats well squats like depending on your anatomy aren't actually very good for building big legs it depends like squats for me have never really been fantastic for building big legs um just because it doesn't my mechanics don't like effectively lengthen the quad that much which is kind of a prerequisite for hypertrophy and so you'll just people see people in there just ripping squats and like, oh, it will elicit some leg growth, but it's not, you know, for maybe that person's uh, leverages, like it's, you could be doing a much more efficient way. Um, or somebody doing an entire chest workout on cable flies. So they'll do like five sets of 15 downward, like, uh, you know, decline flies and then five sets of 15 straight. And then, and meanwhile, like no one else can use the fucking cable machine because mm-hmm. this guy's running a marathon on it. But, <laughs> yeah. and that's the kind of stuff that I think I see, um, I'm just trying to like think of like some specifics just so that, you know, you can, somebody might have a takeaway from this, but realistically, I mean, a lot of exercises do have a place. It's kind of just finding like the ones that are the best for you. Right. right. So Definitely. I feel like that's kind of a cop out answer, but no, that's, that's good. So Evan for, you know, say you're, you're casual or you're, you know, you're, you're a guy that goes to the gym, you know, five days a week, you know, sure. what are some, what are some staple supplements you would you would say like three or four supplements that you would say you know need to be in your dietary routine to to really see some results or really you know gain those those maximum beneficiaries sure um so definitely protein powder but only because like you don't absolutely need protein powder Mm -hmm. i just find uh like having that convenience is very helpful for some bigger guys like you're trying to hit that like relatively uh um average like gram per pound of body weight or so um, which doesn't actually have to be that high it's kind of um, up in the air right now but it's around there like usually for a larger individual like or even a smaller individual because it, it's relative um hitting hitting your protein goal can be tough you know if you're just doing it through like chicken for example mm-hmm. boiled chicken but uh so protein powder definitely helps um and then again it, it kind of comes down to you know what that per like if that person is say they're working manual labor job right and you know their shifts are like eight ten hour shifts well, then they might benefit from taking pre-workout, you know what I mean? To like either have extra energy after work or probably better to get up and get their ass moving before work, you know, in the morning, maybe when they're feeling a little sluggish. Mm-hmm. But for somebody who's like, no, nah, you know, like I, I'm sitting on my butt all day, like my job's not that intense. Like, well, then pre isn't maybe, you know, something that you necessarily need, right? So, but with that being said, um, I would say protein for sure. Um, creatine, I think like there's just a 
myriad of studies and, and literature out there on creatine. Man, that shit helps with fucking everything. I'm not lying. Improves recovery. It has cognitive benefits. Um, it improves. Um, it reduces muscle wasting in old people. Um, your body produces more ATP while you're t- drinking creatine, while you're on creatine. And ATP is just like, you know, I don't know if you remember from your grade 10 science class, but like ATP is the body's go-to source for energy. Um, so obviously if you have more of that, you're just going to be, have more energy. Like there, the amount of shit that like creatine's uh, correlated strongly, really strongly with longevity because it's, it, there's an effect on like mitochondria in the cell. Like the amount of shit that creatine does, even if you don't even fucking work out, I think you should take creatine. Um, so creatine's got to be out there. Protein. Uh, like I said, maybe a pre-workout. Um, and then I saw, I think it was Mike Isertel, who's a, a very well-renowned uh, individual in like the academic uh, fitness world he posted the other day and it was something like he had like top five supplements or whatever and then he said most of the other ones like you probably don't need Dep- depending on your level of like uh dedication casein protein was in there so casein is a different it's a protein powder but it just like um is absorbed more slowly so it's good for overnight kind of thing um and then the other one was like an intra workout carb supplement so i mentioned earlier that like i have a i get a lot of my my daily carbs around the workout time and part of that comes from a supplement so I drink uh, like 60 grams of, for lack of a better term, carbs um, during my workout. And that's just a good way to, again, capitalize on the insulin sensitivity I was referring to earlier. So I would say protein powder, creatine, um, a pre-workout, definitely just because I feel like gen pop, um, people typically aren't like super keen to go to the gym. So a little bit of energy will help them. And then um, I'm trying to, those are like the more performance centered ones. You know, magnesium is a big one that I don't think a lot of people realize that they're deficient in. Mm-hmm. Um, fish oil has had a lot of literature to support it. Um, but again, now we're starting to stem away a little bit more from the performance side of things and just like general health. Um, but yeah, that, those would be the ones that I kind of think of off the top of my head. We kind of mentioned branch chain amino acids too. What do you think? What are your thoughts on those? So BCAAs particularly, I don't think are worth the money. Um, from what I've seen, like those were those came into popularity because like supplement companies were really pushing them like back in the like nineties and early two thousands. Um, and BCAAs are basically just like, so of the amino acids, which I think there's like 20 or 21 amino acids. Um, only three of them are branch chained in their structure. And that's, those ones are the ones that are referred to as BCAAs. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure they're like leucine, isoleucine and valine. Um, but the thing is like, they don't really do anything by themselves. So they stimulate muscle protein synthesis um, but they don't complete the process. So it's kind of like if you're trying to go somewhere and you start your car and then you don't put it in drive. So yeah. personally, BCAAs, I think are a waste of money. Like they just taste good yeah. and, but they're expensive. So mm-hmm. fuck that. If you're going to get something like that, then you may as well get EAAs, which are the essential amino acids, which typically EAA supplements will include. I think there's like nine to 12. I can't remember essential amino acids, which are ones that your body can't produce by itself. So it has to get them from diet. Um, and then the BCAAs are typically included uh, in those supplements. So if you're looking to get something along those lines and go for EAAs, not BCAAs, as far as I'm concerned, BCAAs are any situation you want BCAAs, you may as well get EAAs. Cool. But even EAAs, I find are like, unless you're fucking looking for that half a percent more, they're probably not worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, while we're kind of talking about supplements, I kind of want to go back into the food. Um, I was just wondering, I, I think a lot of people think eating healthy has to be really expensive. I don't really think that's the case per se, but what do you think? Do you think it it is expensive or do you think it's pretty fair priced to eat healthy? Like how you eat, for instance. I don't think it has to be that expensive. Like I don't spend money on 
basically anything that isn't going to help me. Right. So I don't know if eating the way that I eat is necessarily like a realistic um, question or like um, scenario. Sure. Because like I don't eat cheat meals. I don't have anything at home that I would go to eat as a snack. I don't eat snacks. Um, so for me, like the way that I eat is not that expensive. Um, you know, I don't know, like, what would you guys say, like, you know, you would spend on average on food per week? I think, you know, back when I was you know, doing grocery hauls, like anywhere is from like, I would say 150, $175 a week. Okay. Yeah. I, I probably spend 80 to a hundred, maybe a little over a hundred. Okay. So like I would ballpark me because it's difficult for me. Cause like I'm very cognizant of sales. So, mm-hmm. um, I will buy like a chicken's on sale. I'm not lying to you. I'll buy 16 packages of chicken breast and just find room in my freezer. Use my roommate's fucking room in the freezer. Drop it off my parents' house and be like, hold on to this. Just put my name on it. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, that's gonna save me money. Like I, food for me is a huge expense. Right. Like I just go through like crazy. Yeah. Um, but I still would ballpark me to be at like a hundred dollars a week, given I given that I do that. So it's really not. It's not too bad, really. It's, it's pretty. Yeah. Standard, it's reasonable. I, I feel like. Yeah. And you know what? I would even err. Like let's just err on the side of caution. Like maybe 120 bucks a week, 130 dollars mm. a week. Yeah. So. But again, it comes down to like, you know, I buy carrots on sale almost always. I bell peppers, which are usually not on sale, but I only really buy them when they are. Spinach is almost a fucking always guaranteed, um, which is pretty cheap if you buy it frozen, but I don't even usually buy it frozen. So, and then those are the only vegetables I eat. And then for like my carb intake, it's rice, which is actually cheap as fuck. Like mm-hmm, you get yeah. eight kilograms of rice. It's going to last you for an average person. You know, like that isn't eating 450 grams of carbs a day. Like rice is going to, that's going to last you like two months. Easy. And then Easy. potatoes again, last you pretty good. Like these are like, like solid, like, you know, uh, black, like no pun intended meat and potatoes meals, you yeah. know, that parents would buy because it's like when you're growing up, cause it's like, well, it's cheap and it lasts a while and it's good yeah. filler and whatever. Right. So meat's really the only one that's like that expensive. And I, I just try, I only buy it when it's on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do it intelligently like that, and like I said, buy in bulk when stuff is on sale, I don't think it's that unrealistic. So, but again, I'm, I'm probably a little bit biased. I mean, for sure. Um, so Evan, I know like a, a trend in, in, uh, in society right now is the, uh, is the keto diet like the no carb diet. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, from what I've heard, I guess, just, uh, just for general black backlash is that the sustainability behind that is, is lacking, but you know, what are your thoughts on some of the dietary trends, uh, in society right now? And, and what would you uh, recommend or, or, you know, what, what would you give for advice in terms of, you know, taking those on? Um, kind of a general rule of thumb. Like if it's a fad diet or it's this new trend you've heard, like if you would classify it as a trend, or if you think about it as like, if you see some shit on the tabloids and the fucking grocery aisle, like in cash, when you're getting into the cashier, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um, anything that's a fad diet or a trend horseshit. Like there's a reason that you haven't heard of it before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so the keto diet in particular was invented to t- help k- children with epilepsy. Um, and I don't know the science behind like exactly why that would, uh, help. Um, primarily uh, like the brain does utilize glucose for, um, its primary source of energy. Um, and I guess that maybe if you're for epileptic children, like there's an issue with that. Um, but other than that, like it's not, it is not magic for burning fat. Um, you know, there's all these different articles out there written by somebody that doesn't fucking have any credentials which would be me but i don't write articles and then uh and they they say shit like well actually no this study here and this study here and i mean you can't well you could find a 
like something for whatever you're looking for exactly. just about anywhere you look. Exactly. Like if you were right? looking for a reason that say the keto is unbelievable, you you're going to be able to find 20 to 30 articles online no problem. Exactly. Yeah. And whether they're factual or not is Yeah. Written by, you know, Joe Blow like who yeah. likes who likes keto. Exactly. Not biased, yeah. right? John yeah. S keto. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So, no, the keto diet is again it's um if you're so I go back to like the whole calorie deficit thing. If you're on the keto diet and you're not in the calorie deficit, you're not losing weight. It's yeah. that simple. The only way to lose weight it's not like one of the ways it's the only way like it's just physiology you know what i mean like it's the same thing as like i can't even i don't know what to think about the top of my head but if somebody were to say you know the only way to get stronger is one of the ways is working out well no there's one way to get stronger and it's to utilize your muscles like outside of their comfort level you know what i mean like that's so anyway yeah the keto thing it's just one of the ways that people if you lose weight while you're on keto it's probably because you've completely eliminated a macronutrient source, which is carbs. You know what I mean? A lot of people are like, oh, you know, keto, I'm on keto and like, it's amazing. Like I'm losing weight. And I'm like, well, if you ate just less of the normal diet, like you would also lose weight. It's not, there's no magic to like ketones and ketosis and all that stuff. Yeah. There's some literature to support, like, um, more of like a longevity perspective. And, um, but that's, you know, generally not why people are on keto. So, as far as that goes, like if it's a fad diet and particularly keto, like it's just not worth your time. For sure. Well, Evan, I mean, that's a lot of good advice for, you know, fitness goers and, 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 uh, you know, gym members who, who are, you know, going to maybe reallocate some, some goals for, for the new year. Um, I guess, yeah, to, to, to close things off, Evan, uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier in the interview, you know, you don't normally take on cheap meals, yeah. uh, but what did cheap meals do to, to someone's regimen and to their gains? And, and, you know, what would you classify as the ultimate cheap meal? Um, it's going to be like, yeah. it's going to be carrots inside bell peppers. With <laughs> yeah. Boiled chicken on the side. Yeah. No. Chicken that's not boiled. I'm laughing at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Yeah. Luxury. I'm a little lavish with this. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, a cheat meal again, like it's, it all comes down to like, it's not going to ruin. Like if, so if you're typically cheat meals are like, if you're in, if you're on a diet, so you're in a caloric deficit. Yeah. If you're in a caloric deficit and you're in a 200 calorie deficit for seven days a week, well then that's a 1400 weekly deficit. Right. Mm-hmm. So if your cheat meal on one of the days is, I don't know, like a thousand calories, it's not going to, affect your fat loss it's going to slow it down a little bit but your weekly deficit will still be a deficit so yeah. you know what i mean yeah um but that being said the, like the other question there my ultimate cheat meal like i don't know i haven't eaten <laughs> i was talking to <laughs> Anything about boiled cheese. yeah i was talking about this with erks the other day and uh, the last time i had fast food was about a year ago and it was like a breakfast sandwich i think um it was like, I don't know, after cheating or something like that. Like, the boys were just fucked up. And we were like, man, yeah. I'm not cooking shit today. Like, I need something in my stomach. And then, but I think other than that, like, the last time I had pizza was, I don't even remember, like, three or four years ago. Like, really? Yeah. That's crazy. But my I can't even get a month. <laughs> my cheat meal that I, that I would go for, like, my current one, I don't know if I would consider my ultimate cheat meal, but my current one is all-you-can-eat sushi. Because it does still facilitate, like, it's pretty it's like relatively healthy and like micronutrient dense carb fat protein source you know what i mean um and it's just fucking sushi so good unreal. i was gonna say might i add it's <laughs> so fucking good. unbelievable unbelievable yeah i love sushi well evan listen thanks for coming on man we appreciate having you and and uh you know maybe down the line we can have you on again but uh 
But like I said, we really do appreciate you coming on and talking fitness and gym. And, and for all you listeners out there, uh, get your lazy asses in the gym and make, start making some gains. I appreciate you guys. Honestly, it's been... Uh... I know I'm like a little bit outside your your typical maybe guest demographic, but uh, I had a fucking blast. So the first first time ever being on a podcast, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little nervous, but it was it was great to come. And me and my amigos got that free smoke on the west coast yeah i'm talking about pre-rolls dark hair she look like she go she do hometown hero feeling myself can't murder my ego she heard she said certified freak hang around dust and she learning my lingo back then wasn't worried about me though in the gym trying to work on my free throw spending money at the club like sam's yes ma'am she a little freak she don't put this on the ground. Nah. Little boys trying to diss on the ground. Hey, I can't switch on the fan. It's how I hit the switch on the fan. Yeah. This where my head is. Listen. I feel resentment from every direction. Even some homies be wearing expressions. I be discouraged from sharing my blessings. We used to share a connection. Now it just feels like it's wearing and stretching. I'm getting real sick of taking advice from people that never could stare at reflections. Somewhere in there is a lesson. Y'all ain't evolving, it's very depressing. I'm at the club with the basketball team. Me and the Cardinals are sharing a section. Gotta cherish the present. I'm drinking water and I'm drinking water and got a career and I'm very invested. Some people call it a scary obsession.